welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and with the NBA season being just under a week away, I thought it was finally time to come along and go ahead and give my preseason predictions and everything. I'm a, um, This episode is going to be the award predictions. Um, within the next couple of days, I'm going to drop my how my predictions on where everybody's going to fall in the East and the West uh, record-wise and who I believe will win the championship and everything like that. But first, I wanted to bring the award predictions and how everything I want to go right here. We're going to start off with the MVP discussion. For my number, I'm going to give you, you know, a couple people I have for every position, every, every award and everything. My top pick for the MVP um, this year I feel like it's most people's number one, and that is Luca. Luca, you know, he was the favorite last year. You know, he started off kind of slow and picked it up later in the year. I believe he has to be a top four team in the West to um, get this MVP. For him, for them to give him the nod and everything, I feel like the Mavericks are going to need to be a top four team in the West. That means he's going to have to stay healthy because the Mavericks live and die by Luca. I know Kid said he wants to. Take the ball out of Luca's hands a little bit, which I believe a lot of people have been critiquing and saying, what, the ball needs to be in Luca's hand? Luca's so great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, he's great. However, that kind of limits the Mavericks' offense and everything. So I, I like where Jason Kidd is uh, wanting to experiment, take the ball out of Luca's hand, have him play a little more off ball, because also that will help him develop his game. Because a lot of – when you see player comparisons and everything, you see a lot of players aren't as good off ball – as like other like that, that that helps like the great players like you look at somebody like Steph he's as good on ball as he is off ball but then you look at people like uh Kyrie Harden a lot of people say on oh, when it comes to their offensive game they're good everywhere when they have the ball in their hand but when they have the ball out of their hand they stand around they don't really do much so we need to have Luca so he can elevate to that next level you know work with having the ball out of his hands everything like that but if he if the he can get the Mavericks to a top four team in the West, I believe the voters give him a nod. Number two, I have Joel Embiid. With the Simmons controversy still going on, I feel like the 76ers are going to focus solely on Embiid and playing to his strengths with adequate spacing. And I think Embiid can put up some monster numbers. Um, we've seen the games where he doesn't have Ben Simmons. He he puts up a lot of 30, 16. 30-15, 28-15 games, like monster games. And without so without Ben Simmons on the court, he can put up those numbers because he can play to his strengths all season. He can play back to the basket. He can do everything like that. Um, not having to force, not having to shoot threes the whole time, not having to worry about shooting jumpers or doing anything like that. Um, it, it works out perfectly because he will dominate on the block. But then once he's dominant on the block a while, then when he wants to, he'll come out. And it just opens his, opens his game up to a whole nother level. He was in the MVP race last year as well. He he was he stayed in the top three for the most of the year. But then he started missing games, getting hurt. And I think that's the biggest issue. It's a big if, if, if. If Joe MB can stay healthy, he's honestly my favorite to win. But since that if is so big, I have him at number two instead of the number one. Because I believe... Um, Embiid being in the East too, he can lead the 76ers to a top three, you know, seed in the East. And so being the top three seed and putting up the monster numbers he's going to put up, I think I think they'll give him the MVP now, but he just has to stay healthy. So because, again, that's the biggest if, I'm going to lean with Luka first, Embiid second, and then 
third, I'm going to have Steph. Steph is Steph. And even been a lower speed, he was still in the race all year last year with Clay returning probably like midseason. And then we'll take, you know, some role players like Iggy, AB, you know, them coming off the bench, providing some defense and, you know, okay production off the um, bench. I'm not saying like they're going to be good or great or anything, like that, but they're going to be okay off the bench. You're going to have Otto Porter there to, you know, help fill out the bench, add some more scoring. Pool stepping up, and I mean, I think this is the same thing as like the Luca situation, where if they can win more games and he finishes like top two in scoring again, I believe the the voters reward him with a you know his third MVP. I can see Steph getting it. Um, there's some other players that can jump in there. Those are my top three. Like other players like LeBron, KD, Harden, Giannis, and Jokic. I can see them getting up there, but I don't really see them as high as these top three. LeBron, I feel like he's going to rest more with AD at the five and Russ there. I believe his numbers are going to drop significantly. I think this would might this probably will be his lowest statistical season since his rookie year. Um, I think the Lakers can get the wins, but I don't think his numbers will be good enough to beat out those other guys to give him the nod. And I feel like he's going to rest a lot of games and do everything like that. So that's kind of going to limit and hurt his MVP chances. Uh, KD is playing alongside Harden, and usually in situations where you have two of the top 10 players on the team, the voters are kind of split. Like, Harden's going to obviously get MVP votes, but so is KD. So it's kind of like they're going to hurt each other in that regard to where they're not going to give each other, like, they're going to take so many votes from each other that they're not going to get the, um, either one of them is going to get the MVP. I mean, I think KD takes the crown as the best player in the league this year, but they both do be missing games, so we'll have to see. I mean, Harden's usually pretty pretty healthy, but he he missed some games last year. We'll have to see how they work that out and everything, especially with the Kyrie situation. I know those are going to be really good teams, but do they finish top three without Kyrie? Who knows? We're going to have to see how this season goes. Um, I think Giannis is going to like suffer from voters fatigue. Even though he didn't win it last year, he has won it two of the last three years, which – I mean, you can get voters fatigue after that. And it's going to be kind of hard to put up his stats and, like, give him a reason to be the third MVP because it's like you ought to putting up monster numbers, leading the Bucks to a number one defense and doing everything else like that. But unless, like, I don't even see him in the playing field, honestly, unless the Bucks do something crazy, like win 65-plus games as well as Giannis stepping into that, like, 30 point per game and he's averaging like 30 and 13 or 30 and 14, then I can be like, okay, okay. The vote, the voters going to look his way and be like, okay, he stepped up clearly on another level. But since he's been dominant all these years, I just don't see the voters being like, yeah, he's been dominating, but what else is he doing that he hasn't those other, what makes this year different than those other two MVP years. And without them having a reason to get that, I don't even see them honestly looking his way. Uh, you know, so Jokic, after winning this past season, I don't see the Nuggets even winning enough games to have him winning back-to-back MVPs. Murray's going to miss probably the entire year. He's probably going to come back, like, within a month or two of the playoffs and barely play at all. But other than that, I don't really see him getting any run at all. So you're going to have to have Jamal – not um, Jamal. You're going to have to have Michael Porter Jr. step up. You're going to have to have um, – yeah, I, gotta always, I always have that alarm on for when it tells me to record – but I usually am already recording before the alarm even goes off. But anyways, uh, like I was saying, you're going to have Aaron Gordon step up. You're going to have to have all these other players step up in spite of Jamal Murray. But does that give the Nuggets enough wins to where it can give Jokic a back-to-back MVP year? Because 
they're going to put up even more wins and play even better than last year to get that nod. Uh, so that's just how I feel about the MVP. I think it go Luca, Embiid, Steph, and then obviously you heard the reason for it, all the other players. Uh, rookie of the year. I think Jalen Green, you know, everybody that listens to this knows Jalen Green is my favorite player coming out of this draft. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA already. I already got tickets to see him and everything courtside. I'm going to be there. I'm a big supporter of Jalen Green. Um, I think he's the clear favorite after the summer league because I believe they're going to give him the keys they want. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. is there, but it appears that they're going to try to turn him into more of a playmaker. I can see KPJ being a, like a 17-8 guy this year, but I can see Jalen Green getting up to like close, like pushing the limits of a 20-point-per-game scorer as a rookie. And I can also see him moving. But like I, I keep saying, I see them moving Christian Wood because Christian Wood's value is too good, and his timeline doesn't match up with the Rockets. So I can see them like moving him. And then if, you know, what's called – Christian Wood moves, then Jalen Green will be the clear-cut number one option on that team, in my opinion. So he can put up some crazy numbers. Uh, Kay Cunningham, I have him at number two. He's the number one pick, so of course he's going to be in the rookie of the year race. Um, The only thing I see him really holding him back is he has other players that he has more players to share the ball with. Yes, Jalen Green has somebody like Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., but uh, Christian Wood is a big man, so he's not going to be, you know, he can handle the ball and everything, but he's not going to be handling the ball, scoring, doing all these other things to where he's taking the ball out of Jalen's hands. Whereas, you know, Jeremy Grant is there, and Jeremy Grant is trying to, you know, showcase that he is that guy. And obviously, K is going to have the better career and better player eventually than Jeremy Grant. But while Jeremy Grant just signed that contract and while Jeremy Grant's there, I feel like he's still going to be trying to prove himself. So unless they move him, and he's going to be trying to prove himself. I don't see K getting as many touches. I see them still trying to have, you know, Killian Hayes run the point guard position, so the ball's going to be in his hands more. Kay's probably going to put up some good scoring numbers, but I don't know about the, you know, playmaking and all those other numbers because I don't think the ball is going to be in his hands enough. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Even off-ball, K's shooting ability will, you know, have him thrive. I just I just want to see how, they, how the Pistons play because I feel like, they are Jalen Green and Kate are in a similar situation, but I just feel like Jalen Green's gonna get the keys, whereas Kate's gonna, you know, he's gonna get the keys, but they're kind of easing them in different than Jalen Green. Um, number three, this is gonna be a surprise to everybody, but I have Josh Giddy. Now, bear with me. I know I said I didn't like the pick originally, and that there were better players available, and I still believe there are better players available, but him being in OKC with ample opportunity, I see him putting up the numbers. Who knows what might happen? He's my dark horse. He's my dark horse. Yeah, he's sharing the um, he's sharing the backcourt with SGA and Dort, but Dort could probably is probably gonna be coming off the bench once you know Giddy's starting to get familiar. And I feel like they're gonna have Giddy in that point guard, um, Shea at the shooting guard. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? He's gonna have a plenty of opportunity, and that's gonna be probably the worst team in the league, and he's gonna have the most opportunity on that team. Probably the worst or the second worst team in the league. So, uh, I, I I like I like Giddy's chance to just be that dark horse to put up numbers when other people don't think he's gonna put up numbers. The extra players, you know, people that could have possibility. I don't really see Suggs. I know a lot of people had Suggs on his on their list, but with Cole, RJ, Fultz return, they have so many guards. Like there's so much responsibility. Yes, Suggs will get probably he will get the starting position and the ball will be in his hands. However, 
He's still sharing the ball with so many people. There's too many mouths to feed. There's too many everything else. I think he can. He's gonna be on the all rookie team, but I don't see him getting that rookie of the year. I don't think he's gonna put up good enough numbers. And when it comes to like the rookie of the year, wins don't matter. It's not like the MVP where wins matter. Rookie of the year is who puts up the best numbers. And I don't see him putting up the enough numbers. Scotty will also be a good player, but I don't see him putting up the numbers either. He'd probably be like a 12, 6, and 6 guy. So it's not he's not going to put up enough numbers, but who knows? He might surprise some people. Uh, they might – some of these rookies might not have as good as career – I mean, good rookie seasons. They might get hurt. Anything can happen because this rookie – these aren't who I believe are going to be the best players coming out. But these are best seasons. That's what usually with the rookie of the years. It's not who the best player. Like obviously, Kate and Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, they're top three picks for a reason. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna jump out of the gate in rookie year, be as dominant. They might take two, three years to come out and actually show their potential. So that's why I want to say when I put Scotty and Mobley not really in there, I don't see Mobley getting the stats at all because he has Jared Allen, he has other people there. I don't see him putting up the stats and the numbers to compete at all. Like, again, this is not the who's going to have a better career. It's just who's going to initially put up the best numbers. Uh, most improved, I feel like both Porter Juniors are going to be right here. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., I feel he should be the favorite for this award because Wall's out. He's in, he's jumping into the starting role. He's going to be sharing the court with Jalen Green, yes. But he can also, if he, you know, he hoops, he hoops. He can steal some spotlight, become a top player on this team. He ended last season strong. And, I mean, he showed he can be a bucket getter and a facilitator. So, who knows? Kevin Porter Jr. might surprise me. If he can jump up to that 20-point per game, he might jump in and be the um, most improved player. Michael Porter Jr., honestly, it's his award to lose. I know Kevin – I just said Kevin Porter Jr. is the favorite, should be a favorite. But Michael Porter Jr., this is his award to lose. The only reason he's not my number one, he's my number two, is because I want to see him be healthy. I know he didn't really get hurt as much last year, but I still want him to show he's not going to have issues with his back or anything like that. And after signing that big contract, he needs an all-star or an all-NBA to reach max money. He wants to get as much money as he needs. He needs to come out and ball out this year. He's going to be the clear-cut number two option from the jump with a pass-first big with Jokic. And like I said, Murray's probably going to be out most of the season. He's going to be out a good, like, 80% of the season. So it's going to... The only way the Nuggets succeed is and have a chance to contend is if Michael Porter Jr. steps up. So if Michael Porter Jr. can step up and be the player we all thought he could be, this this is his award to lose. Um, after that, I know. Uh, I mean, I think I'm gonna put Darius Garland right here. I'm a big fan of Darius Garland. Honestly, I believe he's the next PG up. That's my opinion. I think Darius Garland's the next PG up. I can see him having a big season and having you know. A fridge caliber, like a fridge all-star caliber year. Like either this year or next year, I think he could be a fridge all-star. I really, I am a big, big fan of Darius Garland. And I think, I think he's the truth when it comes to the um, point guard position. And I think he's, like I say, I think he's next up. Um, You also have players like SGA. Because uh, I like SGA, but he already, he put up good numbers last year already. He put up good numbers last year. So I don't see how... He can get most improved unless somehow the Thunder win and outplay where they're supposed to and actually look like they can get a playoff spot. Then SGA can get most improved. Right now, I don't really see it. I saw him on a lot of lists. I also saw Levine on a lot of lists, which Levine doesn't make sense to me because he was an all-star last year and put up good numbers. 
So the only way he can um like get most improved is is to jump up and be an all NBA MVP caliber player. And so if you think he's going to jump up to an MVP caliber player, then yeah, he can be in that running for most improved. I just don't really see him in that um, most improved running like a for some reason a lot of uh, people see him in because I just think that jump is just going to be too big of a jump like off rip right now. He might eventually get there, but right now I don't think he can just immediately jump to right there. Uh, then we go to six man of the year. You got Jordan Clarkson. Um, I mean, he won it last year. He should be the favorite going in this year. I more than likely the Jazz are still going to be a top seed. Excuse me. He's still going to be a top seed. Even though people say they figure Rudy Gobert out, they 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 have not. Um, they they're still going to be a top seed in the West, and with them being a top seed in the West, Clarkson's going to contribute a lot. And I mean, even you look at any of the the bettings like Vegas or anything like that, they all favor him. And unless somebody has a breakout year, I mean, there's it's going to be tough for Clarkson to lose this award. But that's where number two comes in. And that is Tyler Hero. I can see Tyler Hero getting up to 18 points a game this year off the bench. And I think if he has an 18-point-per-game year and the Heat really play well and get up to a top four, you know, top three, top four position, and he's averaging 18 off the bench, I think they give Tyler Hero the sixth man of the year. Uh, The other one, uh, this one depends. It's Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole can't it i know i mean you take preseason with a grain of salt but he's been balling out and he can be that third option getting close to 20 points a game 18 20 points a game and he can be a sleeper pick for this award but the thing is clay is not gonna be in and we don't know when clay's returning which means pool is probably gonna be getting starter minutes and that can hurt his six man because if he gets too many starter minutes and plays too many as a starter he can't even compete for this award if he if Clay was going to be here from the beginning, then he'd honestly probably jump up to my favorite because I know they like fresh face. They don't like people winning the same award multiple times. Like if two people have similar seasons and somebody won the award last, you know, voters fatigue is a thing. They're going to give it to somebody else. So I can think I can see Poole jumping up and being the favorite, but Clay's going to miss. I just see Clay missing too many games for him to actually get there unless they're going to start somebody else instead of Poole. Then you can, but okay, yeah, Poole can still compete for the award. But if Poole jumps in that starting position, he's probably not going to have enough game. So go ahead, jump into defensive player of the year. And I think this is tough. This is tough. Um, I like Embiid right here to be the number one guy. Like I know I have him winning MVP, but if he doesn't win MVP, get him second or something like that then I have him at Defensive Player of the Year because for him to get in the MVP, he also will be needing to dominate both sides of the ball. Uh, he's been in the Defensive Player of the Year competition before, and he's shown that he can be up there. Uh, he's, you know, he usually splits votes with his running mate, Ben Simmons. And again, Embiid's biggest thing isn't his talent. He can be a Defensive Player of the Year. He can be an MVP. He just has to stay healthy. We just got to see how that goes. The second one, the second place is Ben Simmons. He was second in defensive player of the year votes last year. I thought he should have won it last year, but um, obviously he didn't. But with all this drama, you know, going around, we don't know how this goes. We don't know if he gets traded. He stays on the team. We don't, we don't, we honestly just don't know how it's going to go. He finally showed up back to the building. So he, so he tends to play for Philly, but who knows with all the drama all the stuff that's, you know, going on. Everybody knows what's going on. Who know who knows how he bounces back and plays this year? 
What happens if he gets traded and he goes to a team that's not a good defensive team? Let's say he gets traded to the T-Wolves, and even if his defensive numbers are good, if they end up with a bottom 15 defense, there's no way he gets this award because it's not just your defensive stats. you got to put up good defensive stats and be on a good defensive team because your you got your your stats have to contribute to winning. So even if he's on, like I said, if he goes to a bad team, they trade him to a bad team, and I mean that he just don't like the team just doesn't perform. Then who knows what's gonna happen? So that's why I have him second instead of first right here because we just don't know what's gonna happen with him. Third, I have Bam because you know I like Bam. I really like Bam out of bio. Uh, I wish he was a Boston Celtic, not a Miami Heat, but it is what it is. Uh, they're added, you know, they already added Lowry, so they got a good defensive point guard. They got Jimmy Butler there, a good defensive wing. You know, having Bam right there, there's no way that he don't have a top five defense. There's no way that he don't have a top five defense year this year. So add that on to Bam being the defensive anchor and being versatile enough to, you know, switch on the smaller players, do everything, you know, he can win it. He can win it. Like when, like with the, situation of the two players ahead of him, he can honestly jump up and win defensive player of the year because if Embiid can't stay healthy and Ben Simmons' drama keeps going on, this guy, like Bam can jump up and become the defensive player of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Uh, you got you still got Gobert in them, but with voters fatigue as well as, you know, like, a, like the five out and everything, that that narrative getting pushed, I just don't see him winning a, another back-to-back in, um, um, back-to-back defense player of the year. I just don't see a chance, like, at all where he actually gets this. Um, I think that hurt his reputation, and I think the voters are going to lean, like, another way. If somebody else has a good defensive season, they're not going to lean. They're not even going to look Gobert's way. They might be like, oh, yeah, he's, like, third or fourth, but they're not going to actually consider him for, like, first. You also got, like, Miles Turner, because I think he led the league in blocks last year, but Thing with Miles Turner is he's also sharing the front court with Sabonis. He's coming off the bench. If they start him and do the double big thing, uh, it's still gonna be it's gonna be a weird fit, and I think that's gonna hurt him unless he gets traded somewhere else or Sabonis gets moved. I think that hurts him too much to the point to where like his minutes and his stats aren't gonna be there to where he can actually get that defensive player of the year. Unfortunately, um, then we can jump up to coach of the year, and coach of the year really just goes based off a of record. So it's about your wins and how big of a jump you can. Uh, I think Billy Donovan can jump up to be the leader and coach of the year only because, you know, the Bulls are set to make some noise this year. And if everything goes smoothly like they expected to, then Donovan should be up there to, you know, win coach of the year. Also expect Jason Kidd to be up there because obviously I expect Luca to be an MVP talent and for him to be an MVP contender, um, he's going to be the Mavericks going to be in the need to be a top four team. So they're going to need to have a lot of wins, be a top four seed. And if they can do that, then I believe they're going to look at Jason Kidd. I'm like, yeah, they can give Jason Kidd the nod. Um, also, I can see Spoltra jumping in there. Same reason as Donovan with new changes to the team. They make a lot of noise. They win. Spoltra can jump up there too. I mean, coach of the year is just so weird because it's basically a guess whose team is going to outplay their like initial standing. And what player can break out? Injuries can happen. So a team can end up higher. A team can end up lower. Like, let's say you have a really good coach, but then your star gets hurt. And your two well, your two top star players get hurt. You're not going to win coach of the year, even if they out they play really well. 
because you're not going to win enough games. You're not going to contribute. Like the the team's not going to perform enough to where you can get those wins. But or you can have the same situation. Like a, a player just breaks out and they be like, oh, they finally hit their potential. It might not have anything to do with the coach, but the coach is going to get a lot of credit at the same time to where because they're going to win and everything like that. So the coach gets the nod. So it can go. Like I said, it's just a weird one. So I just played it kind of safe with Billy Donovan, Jason Kidd, and Eric Spoelstra. I don't really have any extras because I mean I don't know we I don't really know who I might who might outplay who I'm predicting to outplay. I, I feel like a lot of teams you you'll just see when I do my uh, standings. So um, next is all NBA teams with the uh, all NBA third team. I have Bradley Beal, Zach Levine. PG thirteen and what's called Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Actually, I'm starting to think. Let's change this up. Let's change it. Let's go. Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. I still I don't think they're gonna drop Rudy Gobert completely out of. Dang, I'm so I'm so I keep going back for nah this bam year bump Rudy Gobert. Third time's a charm. Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo. That is my all-NBA third team. Lock it. I'm taking, I'm just going to try to take, you know, PG, remove PG-13 from right there and take Rudy Gobert out of there. I think I think Bradley Beal, obviously, still going to be a elite scorer, still going to do what he do. He's going to be on an all-NBA team just because the points he puts up. Zach Levine, he's emerging. He's showing everybody he is that dude. He is the truth. He's a good scorer. He's doing everything he can. And with the Chicago Bulls schedule to make some noise, I think they give him, like, you know, with them making noise plus his numbers, I feel like there's no way they exclude him from being, you know, an all-NBA player. I think he at least gets 13. Jason Tatum, he's going to have to prove he's that guy this year. He's not going to have as much help, so he's going to have to put up some crazy numbers. So I think, and he didn't get that nod last year, and he feels disrespected, so I think he comes out, balls out, and gets that third spot right there on all NBA third team. And then I have Anthony Davis right there. The only reason I don't put Anthony Davis higher is because, well, one, the play, other players are he's competing with. But also, two, you know, Anthony Davis gets in his head sometimes. Uh, but who knows? He, he got a lot of slack last year, so he should bounce back, want to prove. And I see the Lakers leaning more on him this year than they have these last two years. So, He's gonna. I feel like he can get that four spot right there. And then lastly, Bam out of bio because I like him going up in the defensive player of the year voting. So if he can get that, I feel like there's no way he don't at least make an all-NBA third team. Um, all-NBA second team, I have James Harden. I have Damian Lillard. PG-13, I'm going to jump him up right here. Now, that's why I had to change around. I'm going to put PG-13 up here. That's why I was thinking. I was like, dang. Nah, without Kawhi being there, Kawhi going to miss – at least half the season. So if he missing half the season, the only way the Clippers stay relevant is if PG goes off. So I think if the Clippers want to be relevant, PG-13 is going to have to be at least an all-NBA second-team player and potentially an all-NBA first-team player. So I'm going to have him, but right now I'm just going to have him right there at the third spot in the all-NBA second team. Um, LeBron James, LeBron's LeBron, not much needed to be said there. I just don't think at this point, like I said earlier, where the same reason why he's not in the MVP discussion, I don't think his number is going to be there to where he needs to, where he, like, where he deserves to be All-NBA first team, but I think he can still slip in the All-NBA second team, be just fine. And then I got Jokic right there at number five on the All-NBA second team. 
only because I have somebody else over him at the center position that I feel like is going to be his year. And then you got all NBA first team. I have Luca. I have Steph. I have KD, Giannis, and Embiid. I don't think I need to explain any of those except for maybe Embiid. And Embiid is just because I feel like this is his year to win MVP. So I'm going to have him right there. Luca's Luca. I think, I mean, it's hard to say he's not going to be all NBA first team. He's going to put up crazy stats. You can argue Dame or Harden, but I just think the stats that Luca's going to put up, going to have him on all NBA first team. I don't think you can take Steph off of all NBA first team either, barring injury. KD, this is going to be his year to prove he's the best player in the league. Same with Giannis. He's going to be trying to prove he's the best player in the league. Same with Embiid. So with them three battling out, trying to be the best player in the league, I think they're going to all be all NBA first team. Um, Next, let's go ahead and jump into all defensive teams. On the all defensive second team, I have Matisse Thibel at you know, he won it. He was in on it last year. I think he's going to still improve as a finner, still be there. I think Jimmy Butler is going to jump in at that second spot on all defensive um, second team because with the Heat being a top five defense, I think a lot of their players get a nod. I see, I can see Jimmy Butler and Bam getting a nod. Uh, three, I have Mikael Bridges. I think I think with the Suns, especially after what we saw and him being one of their better defenders, I think he can jump up and take another step and be even a even better defender to where he can jump into the all, on all defensive team. Um, I was going back and forth between him and Marcus Smart, but I feel like with Marcus Smart um, being the starting point guard this year for the Celtics and him saying he wants to take more playmaking and more scoring role, trying to he's trying to jump in to be that third option. He's trying to take that Kimba spot right there. I think he's going to be focused too much on offense that his defensive, uh, you know, impact slips a little bit. So I think Bridges is going to jump in right there. I have Draymond at four. Draymond is Draymond. He's, he's going to contribute defensively. He's going to communicate. He's going to do everything he does. Not much explanation needs to be there. And I have Gobert at five. Gobert, you know, multiple-time defensive player of the year. He's always going to be on the defensive team. Um, then we jump into all defensive first team. I have Drew Holiday going in at um, the first I have Ben Simmons, MVP, I mean, um, defense player of the year candidate right there. I have Giannis because Giannis is always going to be competing. And Giannis is in a lucky spot to where he can fit in at forward and what's called like so right there. So I'm going to have Giannis right there. Then I'm going to have Bam Adebayo, defense player of the year candidate. Same with Embiid, defense player of the year candidate right there at five. Uh, lastly, let's talk about these rookie, all rookie teams, uh, all rookie first team. Oh, no, let me sorry. I said first, all rookie second team. Let's see. Um, I want to put Davion Mitchell. I think Davion Mitchell could, you know, he could be on that first team, but playing with Tyrese, still playing behind Buddy Hill, playing behind um, De'Aaron Fox. Until they move Buddy Hill, there's too many guards right there for him to get, you know, adequate playing time. So I think he's going to jump in. He's not going to put in the numbers to be on first team, but he'll still be on the second team. Uh, I think Jalen Suggs, similar situation, so many guards, so many miles of feet. He's not going to put up the numbers to be on first team, but he'll be good enough to be on the second team. I think um, Book Knight can jump in at um, right there at the forward spot. I see Jalen Johnson jumping in too. And I know Jalen Johnson's in a weird situation to where he might not get much playing time because they're so the Hawks are so deep on their team. But – on Yucca struggling with injury right now, and Jalen Johnson has shown he can play small ball five. And with Oyeka going to be missing some time, 
they can slot him in right there, and then he can, you know, surprise people, put up some numbers, who knows whatever else happens, because you still got Hunter and Reddish coming back from injury. That You know, they struggle with injuries, too. He can slide into that four. Jalen Johnson is a, in a good spot because he can play two through five, so he can slide in wherever they, wherever they need him. He's a Swiss Army knife. And then Evan Mobley at the five, even though Mobley, I don't think he's going to put up a lot of numbers. I think if the Cavs are playing bad in the second half of the season, similar to like, you know, the Anthony Edwards, where they're just kind of give you the keys and kind of just let you do whatever you want to do and you just blow up and you have a better year in the second half when you start figuring things out. I think Mobley, that's going to happen to Mobley. By the second half of the season, he's going to be like, okay, okay, the Cavs are still going to be losing. He, they're going to be like, okay, let's just see what the rookie can do. And they're going to, uh, he's just going to go out there, put up some numbers in the second half of the season that can jump him into the second team. Uh, all rookie first team, Kay Cunningham, obviously number one pick. He's going to do what he does. He's going to be competing for rookie of the year. So there's no way he doesn't make the rookie first team bar an injury. Uh, same with Jalen Green and Josh Giddy because they're all three of them. I have them competing for the rookie of the year. I just don't see them not putting up enough numbers to not be all rookie first team. Uh, Scotty Barnes, I think he's going to put up uh, good enough numbers as well as make those winning plays and show that the if the Raptors bounce back, if they start winning and everything like that, then you're going to see Scotty Barnes because he's um, contributing on a winning team. Or even if they start losing, they start just giving him the keys, let him do whatever he does, and he can put up more numbers. So I just don't see Scotty Barnes not making this list. And then my five might surprise some people because that's my um, second favorite big coming out of this draft, and that's Singun. Uh, I think, like I said, I still think they're moving Christian Wood. If they move Christian Wood, I can see Singun slipping into those minutes right there, going all young. And we saw, yes, he played well in the preseason, uh, not preseason, um, summer league. And he, but he wasn't playing against like all NBA players all the time. And you know, he was playing against rookies and other people around his skill set. So of course, he was able to like really play well. But I still think even his game's going to translate well into the NBA. And if they move Christian Wood and they decide to go to another way, he gets those minutes, he balls out. I can see him slipping into that all-rookie first team. But anyways, guys, this has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Yeah.